0: Hello, YouTube. Be sure and hit that like and subscribe button and notification bell so that when we have a new video that comes out, you'll be the first to get a hold of it. Okay, I've got some rapid-fire prophecies for you here. This um, This is an atheist killer. Uh, the atheist doesn't die, but his atheism dies. Starting off in Genesis 3.15, it's is going to be fast now. Genesis 3.15, he said, I put enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, what does that mean? Enmity between the serpent's seed and Eve's seed. That is the, that is the establishing the theme of the Bible that God is going to put a conflict between the seed of the woman, which is human beings, and the seed of the serpent, and that in time the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent. So that's the first prophecy. Now the second one, let's go upstairs. So the prophecy says there's going to be conflict between Satan and the woman's seed. Now the next prophecy in Deuteronomy 18 says, and you can read about it also in Acts 7.37 where it speaks of the fulfillment. I will raise up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and I'll put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them what I shall command him. Now that's speaking to Moses, telling there's going to be a prophet raised up like Moses in the future. And then it picks the tribe. Now it's it's got the nation. It picks the tribe. The nation is Israel. The tribe is Judah. The twelve tribes. Genesis forty nine ten. The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver between his feet, until Shiloh. That's a name for Messiah. The Shiloh means he whose it is. Until Shiloh come unto him, the Shiloh is a person. Shall the gathering of the people, be? So here's a prophecy that. After picking the nation he picks the tribe, twelve tribes, one tribe only, will bring forth the Messiah, and that's the tribe of Judah. Now there are many families in Judah, so he's got to pick the family line, just one family. Isaiah eleven, lots of places speak of it, I've just chose one. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. So there's the family line, the line of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Now Jesse had eight sons, so whichever one of those he chose would determine the future lineage up to the coming Messiah. So he chose one, David. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might and the fear of the Lord. In uh, Romans 5, uh, 15, 12, you can also find that passage mentioned. Isaiah 9, 7, Of the increase of his government and peace, there should be no end upon the throne of David. So Messiah is going to sit on the throne of David, upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment, with justice, from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of Hosts will perform this. So one family line and one man out of that family, David. He also says in Jeremiah 23, 5 and 6, I will raise up unto David a righteous branch. That's a descendant of David. A king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his day, Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely. He'll be called the Lord our righteousness. So the, the branch that's going to come out of David is going to be called the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah, our righteousness. And then uh, David has a number of sons, but God chooses one of those, Solomon. 2 Samuel 7, 12 is just one of the references about that. I will set up thy seed after thee, which will proceed out of thy bowels, establish the kingdom. He will build a house for my name, establish the kingdom forever. Now, we have the nation, we have the tribe, we have the family line, we have one member of that family line, and now the prophecy picks the very town in Israel that Messiah will be born in, and it picks a very small town located not too far from Jerusalem. But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth... His, his activity, his movement hath been from of old, from everlasting. In other words, he's always been moving, always been there. Therefore, I give them up until the time which she travaileth hath brought forth. So a woman is going to travail, bring forth a child, and it's going to take place in one little town, Bethlehem of Ephrata. Now the interesting thing about that is that that little town never numbered more than a thousand people, never in its history. So here we have a point in time when a Messiah is going to come from one little town. We'll come back to that, and then Daniel picks the time. Daniel nine twenty-four, some six hundred years before it happened. Daniel picks the time. It's look up on uh, Google Daniel. 70, Daniel's 70-week 70 prophecy, Daniel's 70-week prophecy. Don't have time to go into it here, but it's a very intricate prophecy, and it goes right down to the week that Messiah was crucified, very detailed. Now, then in Isaiah seven fourteen, it predicts that he will be born of a virgin. Therefore, the Lord himself shall show you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So a virgin conceives a child, and his name is Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. That's quoting scripture. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. So uh, he he ate butter. He wasn't a vegan. Uh, Then he picks the, tells us how this Messiah, born of a virgin in Bethlehem of the family of David of the tribe of Judah, of the nation of Israel, will die. He said, The dogs come past me, they enclose me, they pierce my hands and my feet. Psalm twenty-two, sixteen. I may tell, see count, all my bones, they look and stare upon me. So he's naked, hanging before them, with his hands and feet pierced. They part my garments among them, cats lost upon my vesture. You can read of that in Matthew, where they did that very thing. They both gambled for one one garment and cast lots for the other. Uh, they tore one of them up into pieces and cast lots for the other. And then Isaiah six, 50, verse 6, I gave my back to the smiters. You read about that in the Gospels. My cheeks to them that plucked out the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting great prophecies of Messiah. 250 prophecies in all of Jesus. And then Micah 5, 1 and 3, now gather thyself in troops, O daughter of troops, He hath laid siege against us. They shall smite the judge of Israel with a rod upon his cheek. And you can read about that in the Gospels. Isaiah 53, 5, and 6 tells us why he was dying. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to our own way. That's we're all sinners. And the Lord hath laid on him this Messiah coming, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, so the Messiah will die. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he hath done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth. So he, he he died and was buried with wicked people and in a rich man's tomb, which you'll read in the Gospels. But he did no violence, no deceit. It pleased the Lord to bruise him because God wants to forgive us. And by Jesus dying, he provides the grounds. He made his soul an offering for sin. And then it says concerning his resurrection, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He'll justify many. He'll bear their iniquities. It said he poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sins of many. He made intercession for the transgressors. Now that's an amazing bunch of prophecy. But let me give you something even more amazing. This, uh, (laughs) This is the clincher. It tells us the little town of Bethlehem that he'd be born in. Bethlehem of Ephrata. And yet, when the time came for Messiah to show up, there were people in the east, like maybe in uh, India or um, Iran, Persia over there somewhere, there were people studying the stars and recognized that it was the proper time for the coming of the Messiah in Israel. So they headed out in that direction and got there just in time. So... When it came time for Jesus to be born in Bethlehem, Mary was far away, pregnant with Jesus, nine months pregnant with Jesus, a virgin pregnant with Jesus. She didn't live in Bethlehem. Her espoused husband, Joseph, didn't live in Bethlehem, and they had no reason to go to Bethlehem. Joseph didn't have any relatives in Bethlehem. So how would the prophecy get fulfilled that he'd be born in a town in Never been in. Well, here's how it happened. Far away, Caesar came to the rescue up in Rome. Caesar decided to put a new taxation on Israel, and the manner in which he would do it was that each person would go back to their hometown. Just so happens that Joseph was born there in Bethlehem. So Mary being nine months pregnant, Joseph put her on the back of a donkey and made the several days' journey down to Bethlehem. Right at the night that she was going into labor, they came into the little town, settled down in a manger, a star over it, and Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Ephrata, just as the Bible predicted. Now, you know, (laughs) if you read these prophecies and hundreds of others, there's no way you could be an atheist unless you just want to be. I mean, if you don't like God, you can believe what you want to believe, but you can't be open-minded and reject the marvelous truths of the Scripture. So our God's in control. He's in charge, and he's still in charge right now. The world all messed up like it is. There's no need to be feared. The Bible said don't fear those things you see coming. Uh, Some people will fear them and have heart attacks. We won't because we know our God is still in control, and he's still working things after the counsel of his own will. So there it is.